Hi everybody, this is Lori Weaver. Welcome to Compulsive Overeating Diary, Day 52. It's now been 17 weeks, four days, since I began this experiment where I talk about my thoughts and feelings about compulsive overeating rather than heading for the chips. And today's going to be a little bit different than usual because yesterday I really, really wanted to record for you guys because I was starting to fall into a pit of depression and because for my own self and for you, I thought it would be interesting to actually capture this feeling in the moment but instead I decided to go with my husband bike riding because I don't know if you know, but exercise is actually a really good tonic for those of us who suffer from depression. It kind of burns up some of those stress chemicals and can do a lot to elevate your mood. So I decided that that would be my best medicine is to try going bike riding and it really was. It made me feel a lot better. But in the meantime, I also posted a stream of consciousness blog post yesterday on compulsiveovereatingdiary.com. So I'm going to start the show today reading you that post to try to capture where I was in that moment and talk a little bit more about me. So Josh, I can't wait to listen to you and learn to let go because I super need it. Take me away. Josh, today was a great day for me to listen to you think about letting go. I think what I need to let go of is something that's new for me, and that's the safety of dieting and calorie counting. It's a weird feeling. In the past, I've always thought about my binge eating as the robot aliens, that I'm prone to so much of overeating during times of stress and sadness and things that are going awry I emotionally eat. Emotions are the thing that that do me in. Regular food and food temptation, if I'm feeling okay, does not bother me. So if I learn to deal with my emotions, I actually do pretty well with my weight and my feelings. When my emotions are wackadoodle, my eating gets wackadoodle, and usually my wackadoodle eating is all about eating way too much. Well, yesterday, as I shared at the opening, I was feeling a a wave of depression. It's been coming on for a few days now. And what surprised me was what I wanted to do was not go down and eat the chips. What I wanted to do was immediately start calorie counting to go back and put myself on a stricter diet and to limit my calories. And I thought that was really odd. It was the first time ever that I felt tempted to want to count calories when it wasn't about feeling too fat outside of using feeling fat as a means of describing my feeling of sadness. So I've been wondering how much of my cycle, the binging and the dieting, are both tied to emotions. I always had assumed that the dieting was just a response to my body feeling too big, that I wanted to take off weight And therefore, one of the ways you can take off weight is to track your calories in some manner. 
and so that's why I did that. Yesterday, I began to have empathy for those of you that have the anorexic tendencies because I saw how my pain and feeling despair could be translated into a safer pain of denying myself food. And that kind of scared me. I had never, ever felt that before. But you know what? I don't think that's really true. I didn't feel it before. I don't think I identified it before. So it's making me wonder if eating disorders or disordered eating in general is a big spectrum, a big spectrum of the same thing that shows us the different faces depending on how we interpret using our food or restriction of food to take care of pain that's going on in other parts of our life. Now, again, hedge, 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 hedge. I am not a psychologist. I'm not a psychiatrist. I'm not an eating disorder specialist. I'm not a dietitian. I have no expertise at all. So if you're feeling overwhelmed or feeling the urge to restrict or to binge and out of control, do what I'm thinking about doing. Get yourself some professional help. But in the meantime, while I'm considering taking that step again to get myself into some therapy to better explore some of these deep, deep emotions that are kind of coming up for me, I'm going to continue on with just letting you know how I feel. And I have to be truthful, brave companions. In a way, I kind of hesitate telling you how I really feel because the last thing in the world I want is to trigger a binge or trigger an anorectic episode or do anything that would harm you in any way. So much as I get the pathetic neediness and want your comments and want you to keep in contact with me and I want you to listen, if anything I ever say in this show causes you to feel uneasy or to trigger something, please turn the show off. Just stop listening. Just don't do it because I would much, much, much rather feel that I lost listeners or commenters than to feel that I was somehow adding to your pain or your burden. Please believe me on this. You know, we're all in different places. We all feel differently of what we can handle. And to illustrate, I'm going to give you just a little bit of a story before I jump in today's blog reading, comments, and shout-outs, and so forth. I was attending a nutrition support group, and it was really a a free-flowing support group where there wasn't really any kind of fast rules or anything that could trigger you to binge. And one of the things that our leader told us about was the intuitive eating scale, the intuitive hunger eating scale. And if you haven't heard about that, it's actually not a bad tool. And it really is where you stop to consider throughout the day, and especially before you eat or when you eat, how am I feeling? One is I'm starving out of my mind. I could just lick the paint off the walls. I don't care what I eat. I am just starving. I have no concept of even caring what the food is. I am so hungry that I just could eat anything. And 10 is the feeling of like you had triple helpings on Thanksgiving in America. We have a big uh, celebration (laughs) in November where we eat just tons of food and or any celebration where you've just eaten and eaten and eaten and eaten and eaten until you could just almost roll around on the floor. You lay on the couch and you unzip your pants because you're just so full and you think maybe it might take 
several days before you ever feel one bit hungry again. That's a 10. And in the intuitive eating world, basically it's thought that if you wait till you're about a three, so that's like you're feeling hungry, but not starving, and you eat until you're like a six or a seven, that is you are satisfied and feel like you're not hungry anymore, but not really full, that you will eventually achieve the body weight that your body wants to be. Now, this is actually a pretty nice tool, but our leader recommended that maybe we try it for like one day. Just note for yourself how you're feeling on the hunger scale. And, you know, I've been counting calories forever and I've been thinking to myself forever. And, you know, I thought, wow, great. This is another tool. I've heard of this before. Maybe I'll give it a try. And something about having to force myself or having this feeling that I was having to be accountable to was I hungry, right? Instead of just being able to go to the chips or look at my calorie log and say, I've got this many calories so I can eat this much. But the whole emotional thing of me trying to be accountable to, to am I hungry? This feeling of shame if I was to eat something when I wasn't a three, just triggered me into the mother of all binges. I mean, it really did. And I went back to my support group and I shared this. Uh, this kind of triggered me into binging. And that got my other supportees all upset. And, and, you know, it made a big brouhaha about everything. And I was just trying to be honest with what it did for me. And, it, you know, it, it didn't turn out well. <laughs> so it makes me just a little bit nervous when I share anything that I'm doing without making sure that you guys know that I don't want you to do anything that I'm doing. I, don't, I really don't. I only want you to do things that you want to do. And if it makes you feel uncomfortable, I, I don't have any expectation of what you're doing or where you are in your journey. But now I kind of find the intuitive hunger scale is, is kind of useful and I'm able to think about that without giving myself grief. You know, I have eaten chips when I'm a nine. And I just kind of use that now to think, wow, you know, if I'm a nine and I'm eating chips, that's a, probably a pretty darn good clue that, that this has nothing to do with, you know, extra hiking or biking or exercise. <laughs> probably not. More about the hunger scale and more about where I am in my own journey. But first, I want to go now and read you the blog post that I did yesterday when I was feeling blue. And again, this was free form. I didn't really go back and edit it either. So here goes. It's called, And Now, for Something Completely Different. Uncompulsiveovereatingdiary.com, the website that goes along with this, this podcast, every post that's either just pure writing, my blog posts, or the show notes start with a photo. I take a, a photo of myself or of the scenery, something like that. And yesterday, oddly enough, for my blue mood, I began with a photo of Mark and me smiling like ecstatic jack-o'-lanterns in our bike helmets with this caption. We're all smiles as we complete our regular 15-mile route today, first time since my back issues. So you say, Lori, I thought this was going to be a post all about depression, right? <laughs> How could you start with, I'm all happy because I went bike riding? Well, stay tuned. This is what I say, and this is Again, free form, no thought. It's an example of my creative process. Today I woke up in a cold sweat of worry and rumination. Is the podcast dying? 
Am I screwing up yet again? Am I getting fatter? Am I fooling myself? Yada, yada, yada. What happened? When last we left the ranch, wasn't Lori ascending the mountain, feeling spiffy and proclaiming endless love for this project? True. I felt successful and happy. Punch to the gut. I don't know how to be successful and happy. I'm used to crappy and failure, fat despite all heroic attempts, projects burning, relationships abandoned, and moody swings are me. I'm definitely whipping up a massive blue period for myself these days. And here's the recipe. Lori's big old batch of blue. Ingredients. Self-doubt. Self-criticism. Self-centric. Circumstances beyond control. Strong need to control circumstances beyond control. Worry. Rumination. Extra worry. Physical limits. Strong need to pay no attention to physical limits. Tendency to rage when thwarted. Strong feeling that rage is bad. Tendency to ergo turn rage towards self. Tendency to feel thwarted by circumstances beyond control. Instructions. Live life. Encounter a challenge. Add a sprinkling of other human beings reacting to their own challenges. Take responsibility for said other reactions. Stir ingredients over and over and over until frothy. Think on these endlessly until big old batch of blue is ready. To test if done, poke self endlessly until maximum pain causes self to throw in some important towel. Whatever you do, keep kindness, tolerance, reaching out to friends, honest self-expression, self-understanding, fun bike rides, and snarky weird blog posts away as they may cause big old batch of blue to self-destruct and hopeful joy despite all odds to reappear. So that was kind of <laughs> what I identified, the reasons behind my, my oncoming depression and at the end, a little bit of the remedy. As I said, bike riding did me good. Not only the psychological feeling that yes, my back is getting better, but the physical exercise burned up some of my uh, depression type chemicals to give me more perspective. I felt a little better. And then it was pretty cool because as soon as I posted that blog post, Brave Companion Sandy posted an immediate like supportive comment. <laughs> I wrote back to her, how did you do that? I just now pushed post. Well, I think Sandy did that because she has signed up for subscription via email, something you can do if you go to compulsiveovereatingdiary.com and look where there's just a place to enter your email address. It says subscribe via email. And that sends a notification when the blog posts or the show notes posts are live on the website, right? So Sandy must have been working on her computer, saw that email, went to it immediately because I swear I just pushed publish and got immediately a comment from Sandy. So how's that for a brave companion being there at the right time at the right moment? And I'm also gonna do something a little bit different right now is I'm going to read you my response to some of these comments. Okay, my first one is a reply to Cheryl who wanted to know what caused my despairing mood and did I know what it was? I say, Hey Cheryl, yep I do know. I let myself get super freaked out by declining podcast numbers. Just like the scale can be a liar, so can podcast stats. Yesterday I checked the iTunes hot list and the podcast ranking fell to 1047. For the last several months I have been between 140, my best, to around 370, the worst. Usually hovering around 200. Hmm, like my weight. Today I was back around 240 I think. Truth is, the bloom is off the show for some people. 
new folks find it, and 50 episodes is a lot to catch up on. Old folks realize they don't old folks realize I don't have any answer or it's just not something they feel like thinking about anymore or it's just not for them. So instead of focusing on the positive, my usual defense, I fell deep down into the why am I so bad pit. The truth is, the show is still downloaded a lot in all of the states and many, many countries around the world. The truth is also that you and other brave companions still comment and reach out to me. I think I enjoy that part so much I'm terrified of you all leaving, and so I'm kind of making that happen in my head and maybe in my behavior if I don't watch out. I'm scared and acting out about it. To stay tuned, this should be very instructive for me. Next, I'm going to read you my reply to Michelle McKinney, who relates to my fear of gaining weight. Hi, Michelle. Yep, part of my snarky feeling today is fear of weight gain. Then on top of that failure is being a big old hypocrite for caring. Me, of the Zen, my weight isn't important statements of late. But when I don't feel well, then I want to dive back into dieting. This will be tomorrow's topic. I'm starting to empathize with those who suffer from anorexia because this is the first time I see how falsely comforting it would be to focus my pain and fear into keeping myself from eating so much to see fat again as the enemy, and to have control in my fingertips to bring it down. But I know this isn't true. Fat is only energy stored on my body. There is no scale number that will make me feel good. The emotional work I've been doing is hard, very hard. It would be easier to diet again. But what I need, truly, is to find my way, not my weight. Thanks for all your thoughts and care. I so appreciate it. Well, I so appreciate that Michelle wrote to me and that caused me to write that reply. Because there you go, brave companions. There it is in a nutshell. I need to find my way, W-A-Y, in life. I don't need to find the perfect thing to weigh, W-E-I-G-H. My body does feel better at a lighter weight than I am today because physically... That feels better on my joints and so forth. And some people are born to be at a higher weight than others naturally. Some people have different metabolism, different needs, different exercise amounts. I mean, how many of us have known the the high school or college athlete who could eat like a horse because they were exercising so much in the pursuit of sport. And then when they quit doing that sport, continue to eat that way and found themselves putting on a few pounds or many. All right, so what we do in our exercise makes a difference to what we weigh. But Cheryl asked me today on our team on Spark People, do I eat more calories when I'm exercising or do I add like to my calorie allowance? Now, when I was counting calories, I did do that sometimes, but that led to my bout with exercise bulimia where I was exercising in order to eat. I wanted to eat so I would exercise X number of calories enough or I would try to make up for something I had done that was too many calories. So I was equating exercise with getting to eat. Get that? Getting to eat. 
now I eat more when I exercise because my body needs me to. There's something when you're biking you call bonking. The same thing when you're running. It's where the glycogen in your muscles is used up. So your muscles literally don't have the energy available in order to, to go. You just can't run another step. You can't hike another step. You can't bike another revolution. And it's really, really bad to bonk. Because once you've gotten to that place, man, even if you refuel, it can take a really, 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 really long time to get some of that energy back into your muscles. So if you're doing like a, a marathon type run or you're hiking a, a really big hike day or you're biking a distance, you kind of need to be aware of how much energy does your body need to keep performing. So in this case, I don't think at all about am I hungry or not because I don't want to get hungry. I obviously don't want to be full when I'm exercising. But I know what I need. So like, for example, on my 15-mile bike ride, I know to feel well that despite whatever breakfast I've had, I need to eat something like a half of an apple with a little peanut butter or a banana with some almonds. I need something kind of carb-intensive with a little bit of protein and fat about an hour before I'm on the bike. You know, half an hour to an hour before I'm on the bike. And then about halfway through this ride, besides making sure I'm extremely well hydrated, because it's kind of also counterintuitive. You think, oh, I don't have to stop and use the restroom when I'm bike riding. But when you're exercising a lot, you are really losing a lot of moisture in your body through sweat. And being dehydrated in your muscles is another thing that can make you bonk. So I take sports energy beans just in case. I also take little oranges and pieces of apple to make sure that I'm keeping my carbohydrate load up during my exercise as well as keeping my water going. So as you can see, brave companions, that is a really different attitude towards eating and exercise. That is actually giving my body some literal fuel, <laughs> some fuel, what it needs in order to perform this sports task. Not doing sports in order to get to eat this apple or banana or something. It's a really different point of view. So I would have to say I'm pretty satisfied with my behavior around exercise and eating. Also, I notice when I exercise regularly, it's much easier for me to feel in tune with my body and kind of know if I'm physically hungry or not. Because my body is something I pay attention to when I exercise, partly because I've had so many injuries in the past, overuse injuries or things that have happened. So like, I'm really paying attention. How are my knees feeling? How is my back feeling? How is this feeling? You know, do I have enough energy? Do I need to stop? Do I need to drink some water? Because I've had a lot of experience where I wasn't paying attention or didn't know how to pay attention to my body where I've had an issue. So exercising is one time that I'm very body aware and pretty good at talking to my body, though I, I know it sounds kind of weird to be saying, hey, how are you feeling, body? <laughs> but I kind of can tell. Where I have some struggle is knowing when I'm not exercising. Like if I haven't been exercising regularly or I'm just hanging around the house and I get this this feeling like, oh, some chips would be good, or I, I want a sandwich. 
is this really because my body needs a sandwich? Am I really hungry? Or have I just looked at the clock and it's, you know, 12 o'clock, time for lunch? Or is it that, oh, you know, Mark isn't up yet and I'm really bored and, you know, making a sandwich would like fill a few minutes and then I could eat this sandwich and that would fill a few more minutes. You know, I'm not really good at it. And for some people, if you really struggle with dieting and binge eating, you kind of know about like the super hungry, I'm ready to claw the paint off the wall feeling or the, oh my God, I ate so much that now I'm just absolutely stuffed feeling. But it's pretty hard to get in tune. At least for me, it's been really difficult of the, you know, my energy is starting to dip because hungry can feel like something other than your stomach. For some people, it's a feeling of lightheadedness or literally like they're in a slower gear. Or I mean, there's all kinds of different physical sensations that might mean that you're getting hungry and need a little something to eat. And then something that's really hard for me. I mean, really hard for me. How many of you, raise your hand if you've heard about that you need to eat super slow, put your fork down and let 20 minutes pass so that the chemicals, the hormones in your body can send that signal to you. Hey, you, I've had enough to eat now. Time to, you know, put the food away. And I'm such a fast eater normally that I will breeze right past that. Even when I'm trying to eat mindfully, if I eat until I think I hit the, the six or seven, within a half an hour after eating, my hunger number will go up one or two more because I've overshot the mark. I've eaten more food than what my body wanted. And it's really hard for me. Whenever I see that advice about, okay, turn off the TV, turn off the music, sit there with your food alone and just stare at your food and enjoy your food and savor the food, I get that really pissed off feeling about how I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. And isn't that weird? I don't want to do that when theoretically I'm really wanting this food more than life itself. Right now I'm wanting this food, whatever it is. But to me, it's like if I don't have the TV, I don't have the newspaper, I don't have the music, I have a hard time savoring the food, which shows me that either I am hungry and don't really care about the flavor or it isn't about the flavor at that moment. Because if I really, really, really wanted to taste that food, it would not be a burden to sit there quietly with my small spoon and to let it rest on my palate and to appreciate the gourmet wonderfulness of this dish. Sometimes I do feel that way, but not very often. And so that's why dieting is kind of a big safety net right? If I know I'm going to eat 1,500 calories and I'll be able to lose a pound a week if I eat 1,500 calories, I don't need to really worry about am I hungry or not. All I got to do is look at my, you know, calorie counting mechanism and see, do I have calories enough for a sandwich? Okay, I'll eat the sandwich. Doesn't matter if I'm bored. Doesn't matter if I'm sad. Doesn't matter if I just saw a sandwich on TV. I can eat my sandwich and I don't have to pay one bit of attention to how my body feels. All I have to do is power through and not eat more than 1,500 calories that day. So it's really, really safe because I have this huge big fear. If I eat whatever I want, I am going to gain weight. And I have good reason for that fear because what I want 
isn't necessarily what my physical body would like to have because I've been burning calories. What I want might be I'm sad, I'm mad, this sounds good, I saw something on TV. And if that's true, there is no mechanism for me to not overeat. I have proven over and over and over and over that left to my own devices and not trying to think about why I'm eating means I'm going to put on a pound or more a week. That is my normal rate of weight gain when I am mindlessly eating whatever I want. It's usually just about a pound a week that I'm overeating. So that's scary for me. So I got two choices there. My old standby, let me count the calories because I know for a fact if I eat 15, 1600 calories, that's, that's quite a bit for me. I can eat pretty comfortably and have treats and everything. If I stick to that, I don't have to pay any attention to my body and I will lose the weight. I have done that. I lost 130 pounds doing that. On Weight Watchers. It was points, but still the same thing. Okay. <laughs> but guess what, brave companions? If anything causes me not to count the calories or to rebel against the calorie counting and going back to eating how I want, I put the weight back on. And this I've done all my life since I was eight years old. I have lost weight, put it on, lost weight, put it on, lost weight, put it on. So I have trained myself well to never pay any attention to my body. Because why? If I pay attention to my body, I'm going to overeat. But no, brave companions, I'm starting to realize it's not my body that wants me to overeat. It's these other emotional reasons for me. It really is. When I'm bike riding, my body doesn't make me gain weight. <laughs> it doesn't. It doesn't make me not gain weight, you know. I, I can tell when I'm exercising regularly, I was dropping maybe a half a pound a week without really counting my calories at all. It's only been since my back injury that I haven't been dropping weight. And today, I still weigh 207.6. So I stand between this 207 and 208 ever since my back injury. I haven't been putting on weight. I've been fearing I'm putting on weight because I haven't been losing weight. And this is kind of crazy making, you know, is my aim really I need to lose the maximum weight or is my aim to truly have an integrated life? And I tell you that is my aim, but when I feel bad and sad and crazy and wackadoodle, I want to go right back into my old familiar comfort zone of going on a diet and having that chips available where I can just say I counted the calories so I know I can eat these chips. doesn't matter if I'm hungry. It doesn't matter anything. I can safely eat all of this because I know the calorie count. But I know that I get obsessed with the calorie count. I turn into a different person and I don't want that. I want to able to feel things. I want to be able to relate to people. I don't want to be obsessed with my calories. So I'm going to keep trying my best to talk to you guys. And like I said, I, I think I might start researching therapists again too, because I might be bringing up deep things that I need some help with. So I'm going to wrap up today's topic, which I did topsy-turvy and go on to shout outs. 
shout outs and comments today. I want to welcome our brand new listener and brave companion, Janet, who posted her hello on day 47. And then I also want to read some comments by Michelle McKinney and from Cheryl and Sue. And I also want to read a congratulation that Stephanie left me on day 50 which makes me think about the two points I kind of discussed today. And then it will be a good segue into two important projects that I want to tell you about, all about body acceptance. The first by Taryn Brumfett, an Aussie lady who has the whole big thing going on of hashtag I have embraced. So you can Google that. And also I want to talk a little bit about two wonderful videos that I saw just recently by Amanda Trusty both done to Katy Perry's song Roar, all about body acceptance. So, stay tuned, brave companions, and on with the shout-outs. Our newest brave companion and new listener is Janet, who posted on day 47. She says, I just started listening to your podcast. I came across them by chance while searching for something to listen to as I go to bed. I listened to the one where you wish people would post comments, and I almost got out of bed and posted one right then. Your message may seem simple, but it is so important. We have all insecurities, and speaking them out loud helps take away their power. I have been a yo-yo dieter all of my adult life, and the fact that I'm in my 60s doesn't mean that I have given up on being at a healthy weight. I admire you for reading the thoughts in my head and speaking them out loud for me. Now, welcome, Janet. I am so glad that you came and found our site. And I'm also really super glad that you posted your feelings for us. And I want to remind you, when you come and post, everybody, be sure and check the notify me of follow-up comments by email checkbox. Because, for example, Cheryl replied to Janet on day 47. So, Janet, if you haven't come back, go back to day 47 and see what Cheryl said. Welcome, Janet, and I've got to say, I'm so glad to hear that there are other 60-somethings that haven't given up on being healthy. I am 63, and I'm still working on it. It bothers me that every time I yo-yo back up, I feel horrible. I know there's a lesson to be learned there, and I think you're right that calling something by its name robs it of its power. I found that to be true of nightmares when I was growing up. Hope you keep listening and posting. It's really nice to meet you. Okay, remember when I started this, one of my worries, my podcast worries of why users and listeners weren't coming is because now that there's over 50 episodes, can you believe that new listeners feel compelled to listen to them all before they can participate? And 50 episodes just seems like too much. And so on that topic, I wanted to read you a little bit from the wonderful Michelle McKinney. And she posts on day 49. Hello, Lori, Stephanie, and Cheryl. I'm just getting caught up now. Wow, this site has been very busy these days. I have fallen behind, and I still have Podcast 50 to listen to. I just listened to 48 and 49 today. Great stuff. It was wonderful to hear all the different voices, and I really enjoyed learning more about the adventure tales. I do like the topic of passion and pondering when is it a good thing and when is it destructive. It's wonderful, Lori, how you so fully embrace your projects. It doesn't seem like you hold anything back when you were creating adventure tales. I think sometimes I let fear get in the way. Well, I have so more, I have so more comments to read and respond to so that I can get fully caught up with you and all on the site to health. See, Michelle is really wonderful. 
And even though she is one of our most ongoing, loyal, wonderful, brave companions, she gets busy in her life, as she should, as so should we all, and so sometimes she falls behind. What she's talking about was Brave Companion Stephanie's secret topic, where she asked us, how do we feel about passion, and is passion part of our overeating? And, you know, I so relate to this. Michelle is struggling to keep up, and I really, really worry that maybe because I broadcast so much, I'm making it a burden on you, and that you guys are feeling like, oh my God, I have to hurry up and listen to Lori and get all the way caught up. So this puts me into kind of this seesaw of worry, because some weeks I need to broadcast or record my thoughts all the time and post them, because that's how it is for me, and this is my diary. But then I start thinking, how is this going to impact on the brave companions? Are they going to feel compelled to have to listen to a whole bunch of my shows when they don't have time for this? Is it going to make them feel sad and unhappy? And it's a, it's a balancing act because while I realize this show I began to help myself and that really is its primary purpose, me, Lori, to help myself, I still have this feeling of wanting to be responsible for you brave companions and outside of my hedge that I gave you today where I want you to stop listening to this show if it in any way harms you in your journey I'm gonna have to say brave companions from here on out and maybe I need to put this in big big letters hedge to Lori I am going to record however much I need to and post however much I need to because this is my diary and I need to do what's good for me so if for some reason I need to take a break from it you can be sure that I will post either a blog post or a Facebook status or tell you on a show I'm taking a break for my own reasons. Or if I need to post every single day, then I'm going to post every single day. And that's the only way I can deal with it. Because part of my controlling issues, I cannot know if you're one of the brave companions who are just waiting with bated breath, just waiting to see that, yes, there is another episode of Lori because you listen during your work time like Michelle or you take walks, long walks, and you wish there was more content to listen to, or if you're one of these people who like to consider and savor the podcast, and for you, it's turning into too much. I can't know that. I can't know who you are. I can't know the perfect amount for you. So I'm going to have to let go of me controlling that. I'm going to have to just figure out that you're all grown-up people who can figure out, do I want to listen to Lori's podcast today or not? Wow, that's really scary for me to say, but that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to only worry about making a recording when I want to make a recording. And if I don't want to make a recording, I won't make a recording. The only promise I am going to make, and I will stand by it, is if for any reason I'm going to have a break, a big break in the recordings for some reason, vacation or mental health or any other reason, I will let you know. So you won't just think that I disappeared into the, the thin air. Okay, another new listener that we had last podcast episode was Maria, and Sue posted a welcome on day 50. Firstly, welcome, Maria. I hope you find that you can engage with this group of brave companions as much as you want and give and receive encouragement on your journey. Secondly, 
Thanks for another great podcast. I'm thrilled to hear of your success, Lori, and so blessed that your telling of your story is helping both you and many others. I love the challenge from Stephanie. I too find that passionate, obsessive behavior is part of my makeup. I am somewhat bemused about whatever I'm obsessing about can change over time. It seems like many of us share similar traits in many areas I hadn't previously connected. I've had a few weeks away from calorie counting and weighing myself. This could be a good thing, as I definitely find my day can be affected by the number on the scale. It is hard when out of my normal routine. I don't want to find that my enjoyment of meals out is spoiled by thinking of the calorie count rather than the company or the taste of the food. I was able to walk 10 or 15 minutes. I was able to walk 10 or 15 minutes to the beautiful waterfall on holiday. I think my foot has benefited from the rest. I had been able to pot around the house or school and was only badly affected by prolonged walking or driving a manual car. I'm not able to post much of anything coherent whilst timetabling as it sucks most of my mental energy. I will surface in a few weeks and rejoin the community properly. Hugs everyone. Now, one reason I wanted to share that, Sue, is I think that is like my perfect little scenario. And I know that my controlling Lori self cannot reach out into podcast land and control you all. What I appreciate about Sue is that she knows herself. She knows when it's good to participate. She knows when she can't participate. And the thing that makes it perfect in Lori's little world is she said so. She said, hey, Lori, I'm not going to be commenting because I'm busy with my work. Okay, that's nice for me because that lets me know what's going on. Since Sue is normally a very regular commenter and poster of thoughts, I don't have to wonder, what happened to Sue? Is she okay? Now, brave companions, the fact that I told you that does not mean it is your responsibility to check in with me. You know, <laughs> Again, I'm, all self, I'm self-doubting and thinking, I shouldn't really tell you how I feel. How I feel is I like to know what's going on with you, even if what's going on with you is I'm tired of your podcast, so I don't want to listen to it versus did something bad happen to you and I don't know. But you know what? Despite all that, I still stand by that I want the best for you and what's happening for you. Okay, let's wrap up what's starting to be a really, really long podcast by Stephanie's congratulations on my hopeful Zen episode celebrating day 50. Two points of her congratulations are pertinent for me today. One, the variety of voices, something that I also really like. And two, the shift from weight loss to feeling good about ourselves, which is the perfect segue into the project I wanted to tell you all about. So this is what Stephanie says on day 50. Episode 50, wow. Congrats to you, dear Lori. I am happy and honored to share this milestone with you and your healing body. About this four-month journey, I admire that shift you made in your goal, going from losing weight to feeling good in your body and mind. I think that this is the next step I need to take, but I am not feeling quite ready for that. I'm in a contemplative mode. I know this obsession with weight and food is part of the problem, but I am scared to let go. I try to go with the flow and be self-accepting about the fact that I'm not ready yet, This state of mind of mine is probably me slowly getting prepared for D-Day. Thanks, Cheryl and Lori. Cheryl, I loved your cheerful voice. Thanks for encouraging me to speak proudly with my accent. And welcome, Maria. I'm looking forward to hear more from you. Okay, what Stephanie is referring to is that my friend Cheryl called the the bravery hotline on that episode in order to 
touch base with Brandy, another new listener who also was brave and used the bravery hotline. And I really want to let you guys know, if any of you whip up the bravery to actually call the bravery hotline, use SpeakPipe or send me an audio file. I love the differences in voices that come onto this show. And the diversity of opinion is really, really wonderful. And part of that led me to discovering this project. One of the friends of ours on the Spark People team posted the video from Taryn Brumfit. And she is a lady who is now starting a worldwide movement called I Have Embraced to help us all have better body acceptance. So I want to read to you something that she says as she's describing her project, which she's now funding with Kickstarter. Hashtag, I have embraced. My name is Taryn Brumfit. Twelve months ago, I posted my non-traditional before and after photo, and the world's media stood up and took notice. People everywhere were astonished. How could a woman possibly love her body after? Many applauded me for my bravery in posting the after shot. However, many berated me for promoting obesity. There were others who labeled me a bad role model for my children. It got me thinking. The world has been brainwashed. Women and girls are constantly held back and led to believe they're not as good as they should be. Why? Because every day we feel we're being judged on our appearance and how far away it is from an unachievable ideal. Lose weight. Reduce wrinkles. Fight cellulite. We're constantly told to fight a battle to be someone other than who we are. Excessive photoshopping, the sexualization of women in the media, and advertising campaigns that prey on women's insecurities. It's no wonder there's a culture of body loathing and body shaming of epidemic proportions going on in the world. So I decided I wanted to do something about it. I created the body image movement and started spreading my message. Love your body. I soon got frustrated. 140 characters on Twitter, 4-minute TV interviews, and 800-word blogs weren't enough. I needed a louder voice and a bigger platform. While searching for the best way to get my message out to the world, the idea of creating a documentary was born. You'll never guess what happened next. A filmmaker walked into my life and we had one thing in common. We both wanted to create a documentary. So here I am, putting everything on the line. All roads have led here. My intentions are nothing but authentic and nothing has felt so right. Embrace will change the lives of women by allowing them to accept themselves as they are. Can I do this? You betcha. I'm ready for the ride. I just need your help with the bus fare. So please make a contribution, whether large or small, it doesn't matter. What matters is that you have played your role in creating global change. Let's do this together. P.S. Don't forget to let us know when you have contributed by sharing the hashtag I have embraced on social media. Well, brave companions, I so like the video that Taryn created to show the sample of her documentary that I did participate in the Kickstarter project as a supporter. I'm going to leave the link there. And I would like you to at least look at her video because I think it is a very powerful message. And if you can afford a dollar <laughs> in Australian currency, then go ahead and participate too. But even if you can't afford that, if you feel strongly in her message, I do encourage you to share her hashtag, I have embraced, and to show that we support the idea of women feeling good in their bodies, however that might be, whatever your body is. I mean, even if you are a skinny model, you know, and you feel good that way, feel good that way. All of us, 
we're here living in these bodies, we might as well love them and appreciate them, and I very much appreciate Taryn's work. You know, while I was becoming part of this project and looking at other things that have to do with body acceptance, I ran across a video made about a year ago by a dancer named Amanda Trusty, where she is dancing to Katy Perry's roar and just ripping off negative comments off her body. It is such a powerful video. It struck me so much and I loved it so much. And then imagine my surprise when just yesterday a brand new one came up where she did a documentary type snippet of all of her supporters doing the same thing, only this time she asked them to tape onto their bodies words that celebrate their bodies, like strong. Like if I were going to videotape myself, I would put tape on my legs, the legs that I've hated my entire life, and put on their strong, muscular, can keep going. These kind of phrases I would put on my body, and this is what this little video is all about. So thumbs up to you, Amanda Trusty. I love this, and I'm going to leave the links on day 52 so you guys can see them also. I so much recommend that you read this blog and think about these things and use every tool in the toolbox to feel better about the body you're living in right now, even if your goal is for your body to be a little bit different in future. Love the body you have. It gives you so much more peace. Your body is not the enemy. So brave companions, let's wrap up today taking care of each other and ourselves. So please everybody out there, take care. Until next time, because I care. I'm a slave without a master, heading for disaster, kicking up the dust in the middle of the road. I've been waiting on a free ride, ticket to a seaside thicket on the edge of Puget Sound. And there I'll sit, I'll admit that I was only just a guest inside my skin. And by the dawn, I'll be gone, it won't be holding on. Silence.